You've all gone the extra mile to revise this. We're in great shape for the client meeting. Thank you all. You're here for others. The urgent care is closed. Should we go to the ER? You know what? I know what to do. We're here for you. That is a little bit higher than normal, but medically, it's not a fever. Oh good, that's a relief. Have a great day, sweetheart. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> the client loved it. We're approved to move forward. Great job, everyone. Live fearless, North Carolina. It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, September 24th. I'm Donald Ware. It's Takeaway Tuesday, and I'm going to give you my thoughts on some of the football games from the upcoming or from the weekend that just passed, week four of the HBCU football season. We had some really, really good football games, no doubt about it. Want to start with the box to row coaches and media polls. No surprise, North Carolina A&T number one. As a matter of fact, a unanimous number one received all 20 votes from the HBCU FCS head football coaches, followed by Bethune-Cookman at number two, Alcorn State at number three. One, two, three is how it was last week. South Carolina State moves up one spot to number four, and then Arkansas Pine Bluff is number five. The Golden Lions were 10 last week, and you got to remember, they had a big-time victory over Tennessee State. Uh, they had to come from behind in that game, 37-31, won that football game on the last play of the game. I'm going to talk more about that football game as well. Florida A&M, another team that made a significant jump. Florida A&M wasn't even in the top 10 last week. Big win. Uh, over Southern as they are number six. Southern, number seven, falls from number four the previous week. Alabama State was not ranked last week either. Alabama State evens its record at 2-2, two and two, a big 23-20 victory over Grambling. That game was played in Montgomery. Number nine is Prairie View A&M. They fall uh, from number six after the loss to Alcorn State. And number 10, Jackson State, who was idle. Last week in the media poll, North Carolina A&T received all but one first place vote, which went to Bethune. The other first place vote went to Bethune Cookman, who was number two or who is number two. Alcorn State, number three. South Carolina State is four. And that was one through four on last week as well. Florida A&M went from not being ranked, jumped all the way up to number five over Arkansas Pine Bluff who's number six, the two schools separated by two points. Seven, Prairie View A&M tied for eight, Bowie State and Alabama State. Again, Alabama State moves back into the poll uh, uh, after not being in the poll on last week and rounding out the top 10 Southern who dropped all the way down from number five. So that's a look at the box to row coaches and media polls. I want to take a look at a couple of football games. I want to start with the box to row national game of the week from last week, Prairie View A&M and Alcorn State. This was a really good football game played before uh, just a little bit under 16,000 fans on the reservation. I mean, that's, you know, again, I, I mentioned this when we previewed the game of the week last week, I said I'm going to give the slight. I thought it would be a um, sort of a, I, I didn't think it was going to be a high-scoring affair. I didn't think it was going to be a low-scoring affair. I thought it would be in the 20s. I gave the advantage to Alcorn State. I gave home-field advantage to Alcorn State. 
And uh, wouldn't you know it, when Alcorn State needed a play to be made and uh, we didn't have a whole lot of scoring in the fourth quarter. As a matter of fact, we had a couple of scores. Nico Duffy had a six-yard run. As a matter of fact, he led Alcorn State in rushing a little bit shy of 90 yards. Uh, and then Prairie View A&M's Dewanya Tucker, I told you he was going to be on a mission this year, also scored uh, with about 12 and a half minutes remaining in the game. It put Prairie View A&M up 41-38 to at that time. But then you had the Felix Harper to Tim McNair Jr. touchdown with 40 seconds remaining in the ball game. It was a three-yard touchdown pass. It prevailed Alcorn State over Prairie View A&M 45-41. As a matter of fact, one of the box to row national players of the week was the aforementioned quarterback Felix Harper, 25 of 37, 280 yards, two touchdowns, did not throw an interception. He was sacked three times. Prairie View A&M definitely puts pressure on the quarterback. There's no doubt about that. Um, but also, he ran for another touchdown as well. Had a phenomenal uh, football game. The backup to Noah Johnson. And on the conference call on yesterday, I had a chance to ask um, uh, Coach McNair, Fred McNair, about that. It seems like they always have a quarterback ready to go. Remember, Noah Johnson was a backup quarterback before he got the starting reins as well. And if you look at Alcorn State over the last four or five years, they've always had a guy to come in, uh, Lenore's Footman. As a matter of fact, when Lenore's Footman was the guy uh, you had as the backup, was Noah Johnson. And when Norris Footman uh, went down uh, with injury, struggled a little bit, Noah Johnson came in. And, I mean, I don't know this. I also asked, and, and Coach McNair said it. He said we, you know, Pat White, if you remember Pat White, maybe one of the greatest college football players to ever play, play quarterback at West Virginia. At West Virginia. Um, he's the quarterback's coach. So he has all of his guys ready. He has his backup guys ready. And those guys can also run the football a little bit um, as well. Does an excellent job. Now, remember, I mean, I don't want, I'm, I'm just speculating here. I'm not, this is nothing that Fred McNair said, but I asked him about it. He says, Pat White does a great job. We have our guys ready to rock and roll. But if you remember, Noah Johnson, in, in effect, took over for Lenoris Footman, um, who had some struggles. And then Lenoris Footman actually took over Oh, the quarterback is escaping me. His name is escaping me. It's like 2015. He was the Boxer Row National Player of the Year. His name is escaping me. But remember, Footman played so well that he supplanted that quarterback at the time. And remember, that was the year that uh, Alcorn State played A&T in that first celebration bowl. And Norris Footman um, was really, really good in that football game. Uh, and, and really that season. And, and he was our impact player of the year, meaning Lenore's footman. But this was a game where Alcorn State jumped out to the 17-0 lead. Prairie View A&M roared back to take, as a matter of fact, a 34-24 lead at one time. And then it became sort of a nip and tuck affair. And it ended the way that I, I, I mentioned uh, in the fourth quarter. And then ultimately, the uh, Tim McNair Jr. three-yard touchdown pass from Harper. And, uh, you know, I, I've talked about Prairie View A&M and uh, the defense, but 
I mean, it, it's hard to overcome four turnovers. Prairie View A&M had four turn, turnovers in the ball game. Jalen Morton threw three interceptions. He was 23 of 35, 321 yards, had four touchdowns, but three interceptions in the ball game. And it, that's hard to overcome. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, with that, um, I will say that uh, Prairie View A&M also in the football game gave up 440 yards of offense. So really, you know, when I look at Prairie View A&M, um, while they've turned the ball over, they have to get better defensively, and they're going to have to be better. The The, the Panthers are going to be have to be better defensively on Saturday at that State Fair Classic in Dallas when they take on Grambling. I mean, and, and especially when you're looking forward to that football game, you're talking about a Prairie View A&M team that's 1-3. You're talking about an 0-3 Grambling team. I mentioned it yesterday. When was the last time Grambling was 0-3? So you know Grambling's going to be hungry. They're going to want to avenge the loss from last year. Eric Dooley, the head football coach, of course, of Prairie View A&M for so many years um, at Grambling. So that should be a really, really good football game. But a big-time win for all Corn State in this football game. And by the way, Solomon Muhammad, the linebacker for all Corn State, I mean, you're talking about 18 tackles in the ball game. 15 of those tackles were uh, solo tackles. As a matter of fact, this guy came to play two and a half tackles for loss, also had a sack in the football game. So, again, Alcorn State does its job. It is now 1-0 in the conference. Meanwhile, Prairie View A&M falls to 1-1 in the conference in early tilt, the first game of the season, a conference game against Texas Southern, and now a loss. Um, And I'm going to talk a little bit about Arkansas Pine Bluff as well. But that's a, you know, that's a big loss there for Prairie View A&M. Of course, Southern has yet to play a conference game. They're coming off off a loss against Florida A&M. I tell you what, you know, you this year, one loss may not win the SWAC's Western Division. Okay, so you're already talking about because Arkansas Pine Bluff is tough. Um and Arkansas Palm Bluff, you know, I, I'm going to talk about Arkansas Palm Bluff. I'm going to talk about their victory or its victory over Tennessee State going down to Nashville. Um, remember, this was a Pine Bluff team that got blown out in a couple of games. As a matter of fact, a team hung 90 points on Arkansas Pine Bluff next uh, uh, last year. What a turn of events for Arkansas Pine Bluff. But again, Prairie View A&M in this football game. Um, wow, they already have one loss in the Western Division. Still plenty of uh, of season left to play, um, including Arkansas Pine Bluff and Prairie View A&M getting together. But I really like what I'm seeing from Arkansas Pine Bluff. But with that being said, the Panthers cannot afford to go down two losses in the uh, in, in, in the SWAC. So um, we'll certainly see how things play out. The other game I want to really want to look at closely, UAPB defeats Tennessee State 37 to 31. Uh heartbreaking for Tennessee State who is really struggling right now this year. You had a uh, Shannon Patrick 17-yard touchdown pass to Jeremy Brown with no time on the clock that propelled Arkansas Pine Bluff on the road. The Golden Lions are now two or are now 3 and 1 on the season and Tennessee State actually had to come back and tie the football game at 31 Stephen Newbold um, I tell you what Stephen Newbold the wide receiver is really getting it done 
um, on the nine-yard touchdown pass from Rosendahl uh, with 50 seconds remaining. But this was a really good football game. Scores in the fourth quarter, especially late. UAPB went up 31-24. to um, Harry Ballard had the three-yard touchdown run. As a matter of fact, Harry Ballard named the SWAC's newcomer um, of the week. And it just a nip-and-tuck affair. This two-quarterback system is working. Um, if you had a chance to listen to the weekend edition uh, from the press box to press row Cedric Thomas in his second season as the head football coach at Arkansas Pine Bluff joined us. He talked a lot about analytics. He talked about um, that that this Arkansas Pine Bluff staff uses a lot of analytics in terms of what they do. They've gone out. They've changed the culture. And he's like the realest coach that I've ever heard talk. Heard him on the conference call again. On yesterday, a lot of questions um, from media about the culture, about where things are, and the culture has definitely changed. Um, one of the things I asked him about and that was reiterated on the conference call uh, on yesterday was about the two-quarterback system with Shannon Patrick and Skylar Perry. Perry was not on yesterday, um, but it was Patrick that was on. 14 of 21 passes completed, 253 yards, two touchdowns. Um, they have a, a, a two running back system. Remember, Taylor Porter um, had 107 yards in this game, two touchdowns, average 5.9 um, yards per carry. But Keyshawn Williams, we forgot about Keyshawn Williams because he went down last year. But if you look at him in 2017, um, he was in all, he led uh, per, uh, uh, he led UAPB in rushing that year. So he's back healthy and ready to go. This is a solid. UAPB team and I'm an, I, listen I'm not ready to crown UAPB I'm not ready to crown them as champions as of yet I will say that I'm very impressed with them uh in in the preseason I really wanted to I, you know I wanted to be like this is the team that may win the west I wasn't ready to go there because you know, that, that I mean, not that it would be disrespectful to Southern, but I mean, you got to respect what Southern did as the Western Division champs. Um, Grambling uh, was in a transition year, thought they may come back this year, and there's still a lot of season to play. But don't be surprised if UB, UAPB wins the Western Division. I'm not ready to crown them yet because they still have the three toughest games on their schedule. Southern, uh, who, as a matter of fact, um, they're going to get together. Uh, Southern um, and UAPB, but I'm, you know, I'm not ready to crown them as of yet, but this, listen, it, it, you know, this is a team to be reckoned with. Quite frankly, I think they're a little bit low um, in the media poll. They're ranked um, number six in the media poll right now, which I think um, is a little bit low for uh, UAPB. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, they're playing some really good football. Now, one of those tests, as I mentioned, is going to come up on Saturday. And what the good thing about this is going to be a home game for UAPB. As a matter of fact, the first of four home football games. This is a really good stretch, a really good time for UAPB to get right. And it starts with Southern, who's coming off a difficult loss to Florida A&M. So I like the way UAPB is playing. Um, I think if they can beat Southern, you know, they're legit, no doubt about it. The Golden Lions are legit. If they can beat Southern, they're going to be super legit. That confidence is going to be high. And again, this is the first of four straight home games that also sees the Golden Lions at the end of the home game stretch take on Grambling. So two of these three games um, against the upper echelon 
of the Western Division is going to come at home, and we're going to see what UAPB is made of. Another takeaway for me, you know, we talked a lot about who has the better conference between the SWAC and the MEAC, and I know you SWAC folks, it's the MEAC. You know, in my opinion, I know you SWAC folks are going to say, well, you're a MEAC guy, East Coast guy, and all of that. I mean, if you look at, you know, Florida A&M's victory over Southern. Uh, you look at um, uh, Bethune-Cookman's uh, victory over Mississippi Valley State. That, to me, the true one was Florida A&M over Southern because you got two evenly matched teams. Um, you can go back and look at the MEAC SWAC challenges over the years. You can go back and look at the Celebration Bowls. Um, of course, Grambling did win the Celebration Bowl over North Carolina Central um, back in the back in 2000. And uh, what was that, 2016? Um, but I'm going to tell you what, uh, it, it, it definitely is the MEAC. I think, you know, for those that uh, may not really know about HBCU football or MEAC SWAC, I think what you look for in the SWAC is there's more tradition in the SWAC. Uh, there's more, it's, uh, it's more to me, maybe arguably an exciting brand of football, especially on the offensive side of the football the pageantry is really good, and the attendance is superb. Uh, MEAC is more uh, more defense um, to me, um, you know, and just more is 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 purely, you know, it's purely football, uh, if you will, and it's showing. I mean, it's showing in the Celebration Bowl, it's showing in the MEAC SWAC Challenge, and it's showing in these SWAC uh, in these matchups that I like between SWAC and MEAC opponents. So. Um, you know, those are sort of my takeaways uh, from week two. By the way, the other Boxer Row National Player of the Week is um, is Kayleen Abrams, the linebacker for Central State. The Marauders with their first victory of the season over Clark Atlanta. Uh, in that game, he had, meaning Abrams, eight tackles, seven of those solo, three and a half tackles for loss. He also had two interceptions in the ball game, one pass breakup. The interception, one of the interceptions that he had uh, was on the next to last, last drive for Clark Atlanta, who was driving to try and tie the football game, and Abrams came away with a big interception. So that's Takeaway Tuesday. My thoughts on... Uh, the week four of the HBCU football season. Give me your thoughts. You can hit me up via Twitter. My personal uh, Twitter handle is at DWare1 uh, or on Boxtero at Boxtero, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Also on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. On hump day Wednesday, we start to transition, start to begin to look at week five of the HBCU football season. And, you know, we'll look at some things that may be out there as well. Maybe that we didn't talk about today. I also want to talk about tomorrow. Um, Alabama A&M head football coach, uh, Connell Maynard, not happy um, with one of the calls uh, in his team's loss to Sanford, sort of a game changer. I'll get into that a little bit more tomorrow as well on the hump day edition of the HBCU football daily podcast. Talk with you tomorrow.